When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, welcome to Nerdist Podcast number 25. Well, I just want to throw out there, the next Nerdist Podcast Live will be July 28th at Largo in Los Angeles with special guest Fred Willard. Also just added, David Keckner. David Keckner of Anchorman. David Keckner of Thank You for Smoking. David Keckner of The Naked Trucker and T-Bones. David Keckner of Beer Shark Mice. So go to Nerdist.com right now and get tickets for that. Now, get tickets for your brain for free with the Nerdist Podcast number 25 with Maria Bamford. Most of that made sense. Now entering Nerdist.com. Recording, we all sound okay. How do you sound up on that microphone there, Maria Bamford? Okay. All right, we're recording. We did it. Podcast. Maria Bamford! Oh, Bamford. I've been wanting to get you on for a long time, and uh, it's just been like tracking you down and Listen. scheduling. Yeah. You're a busy person. You got some shit going on. Well, what happens is I get, you know, kind of overwhelmed. And then I don't wake up until noon, and that gives me like two hours of good time where I've got a cup of coffee, then I fall back in again, then I gotta go to the gym, right? And I uh, read my copy of Black Woman, and then, uh, uh, turns out, you know, we're all on the same page. We're just using different words uh, for, yep. to describe the same thing, and uh, that uh, sometimes things are hard, and um, you just gotta... You just got to let go and let God. No, I would uh, want to translate that to something else. Uh, let go and fall asleep. I think that's you listen to Des Ray's You Gotta Be the whole time? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I haven't heard that tune. Oh, it's, 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 it was like my mom's favorite song from like 93 when it came out. It was just like, you know, 
It's a very, very good yeah. woman empowerment song. It's like you gotta be, well, you gotta be. Gotta oh, be cool. You gotta be cool. You gotta be. You gotta be something. All I know is all I know, and love will save the day. Hey, hey, hey. hey. The, you yeah. know the, the lyrics in that song. <laughs> that so the lyrics I in that song. I listen to the car and I have like an egg shaker and I. <laughs> the, the lyrics in that song sound like temp lyrics. We're like, yeah, yeah, love will save the day. Blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, we exactly. don't actually record the song. We'll just fill it in with the actual lyrics. Yeah. We're like, wait, you didn't put the real. I thought you recorded the. <laughs> And then they're stuck on that song. People love it. People, my mom got the had the Kasingle in uh, the car. I miss Kasingles. Yeah. Why? <laughs> what a cumbersome way to listen to music. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Here's my favorite song. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> You're talking to the guy who put out a seven-inch comedy album. <laughs> oh, do you have one? Yeah, it was on. Yeah, it's on a special thing. That's yeah, delightful. it's also on iTunes if anyone wants to get it. Well, that sounded like an ad for your... Jonah hasn't uh, gotten a check in a while. People. I haven't gotten Those $5 checks a month stopped a long time ago. Um, but uh, we're here to focus on Maria Bamford. Now, Bamford, I, I don't know... I'm not exactly sure when this is going up. It'll be sometime soon okay, in the podcast. Okay. But I did uh, a show with you at the Improv last night. Improv last night. First, there was Lucy came to, and he's so out the room, my friends. And he did a gorgeous... <laughs> didn't you think that was a beautiful set? I mean, it was... Cool. Yeah, it's a... You know, Louis, Louis works in a different way oh. than any of my other uh, comedy pals in that I feel like a lot of people will... Or like, or like, you know, me. I don't speak for everybody. <laughs> but I, tr- I try to like to write as many things before I go on stage. And I'll fuck around with the crowd, but I don't just start riffing bits. But, you know, Louie is such a machine that he'll just kind of go up with some ideas. And he just finds the jokes. And when he like hits a vein of comedy, he just fucking punches it really hard. And, yeah. and really mines it for as much as it's worth. And he's fascinating to watch. It's great. As a, as a writer. Probably. Yeah, I think also like it's watching him watching uh, Paul F. Tompkins too. Where it's like, you know, Paul could talk about something... Um, and you see him like on stage, kind of putting it through the funnierizer. You know, right. it's like you see him working it and trying to figure out what it is. And it's always like Louis is always the same way. Remember, like back in like early Embar days, like they would go when it, like they would go up every week and just like you'd well, see Louis, it Louis, Louis doesn't write anything down, or at least he didn't used to for a long time. Yeah. He would just kind of he doesn't. No, he just said no. He would just oh kind of work the gosh. beats out up on stage. Oh my god! But but what was so great for me is because I just I also just did the just for last Chicago with you the week before. <laughs> but it's been so long since I've seen you do like forty five minutes, <laughs> and it was <laughs> it was so great, Maria. It was so fucking <laughs> Yeah, it's like well in L A. we only ever get to see like like how much time do you do at Tiger oh, lately? Yeah, at you most? only do like 10, 7. Seven yeah. if I'm feeling. Not feeling so good about it. It's not a twenty-person lineup of that. Yeah, yeah. That's what's hard is because you know in L.A. or or New York, you you kind of get into these rhythms where you're only doing like ten and twelve-minute sets, and it's really hard to, you know, it's hard to build your hour by stitching a bunch of ten minutes together because you really kind of want to find like the arcs of things and figure out where shit goes. Right, right. That would be, yeah. But then there's there's just disadvantage, like doing the road or whatever. I get used to now. I get used to like um. You know, just that whole machismo element of the comedy club where it's like, people are like, yeah! And then, <laughs> you know, the improv or bar Lubitsch, and people are like, hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. No, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> like, I, could, hmm. I could see where someone would laugh out loud even to that uh, very much. It's very yeah, funny. No, I mean, I mean, I've kind of seen Aziz Ansari do it. 
<laughs> well, it's like, I have road. an audition tomorrow, though, so I'm not really in the comedy watching yeah. headspace right now. I don't now. want to ruin my voice for my audition tomorrow. I don't want to ruin it by laughing. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, sorry, sorry. That... I'm a whispery, whispery. And I'm, I'm, I'm a loud asshole, so I just... I, I, I project very loudly. I know, I'm, I mumble on stage, which is great. <laughs> it's so helpful when you really, you've worked a long time. I always, I memorize my bits and I say them in front of the mirror over and over again and say them when I'm driving. I memorize the whole but thing. But your stuff is so, um, your stuff is is so flawlessly written and executed that, like, you you, you know, you're, you're, you're like, they're like vignettes. I mean, like, you're doing like a theater show almost, in my, in my opinion. Well, that's what I... That's what I've tried to force on people. Is, uh, you know, like, no, there's no interaction. There's no group, you know, hurrah. I saw you doing some crowd work last I, night, I did, I did. I do, I do try to talk to people. The improv, I do get intimidated going up there because it's like, uh, it's so, uh, I don't know. It's a, it just, it, after seeing Louis C.K. and stuff, I was like, no, boy. But compare and despair. Uh, don't do that, Maria. We're all flowers in a beautiful garden. <laughs> and the garden um, is growing. The garden of comedy. It's growing. It's a beautiful. Uh, I've seen, the, that's the delightful thing is just seeing new people. I went down to the, have you been to the, I'm going to say it wrong, the fuck you show, the you're fucked show, the fuck Oh, um, holy fuck. Holy fuck yeah, show. Yeah, the, the downtown independent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I did that. No, once. I haven't done that yet. Oh, yeah. I think you might really it's enjoy it. It's like a whole other scene. Yeah. It's like these kids have, have developed their own little show and like they all know each other and like they don't seem to, like they're just their own little unit. And people were really great. Yeah, I yeah. It was really, it was really good. It's, it's good. I mean, that's what I love about Los Angeles. It's really exciting. You see people who are very good and or very committed, you know, so even if they're, like, they're struggling, they keep hammering at it, and people can, like, explode, you know, or whatever, like, all of a sudden, they're, like, super great, you know, like, remember, yeah, yeah, just, it's really neat, I like, I like seeing I've always, I've always felt like LA was kind of a bummer place to start, to start doing comedy, because I, you started in Minnesota, right? Yeah, Minnesota. Um, and, uh, LA is sort of hard, because... It's hard to find real audiences, yeah. and yeah. also and you're starting in front of everybody, in front of the business, and yeah. in front of, like I always felt like it was so much more advantageous to kind of figure out what the thing you do, and then kind of hone it yeah. here, like once you already kind of know. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Minneapolis was just as like you know people analyzing it and down, you know, saying you know I worked as a a pizza waitress and then I would have people you know I'd, I'd be shucking a jab and trying to get people to come to my show and then they'd come and uh, <laughs> then that happened then yeah. that happened no one's supposed to actually follow through yeah. and then they'd come in and say you know I remember just one older lady coming in and just saying I did not like what you did are you serious that was I used to do I used to do like an Andrew Dice Clay impersonation, and then it was sort of it was filthy, and so. Uh, but I, you know, that was a feminist statement, right? As well as a, uh, you know, uh, what is that called? Um, uh, showboating. Yeah. Uh, you know where you. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, you get to do the impersonation person, but then as well as uh, benefit from their style, from, from the jokes, which yeah. is what they like. Yeah. You know, but then you also get to divorce yourself from them because you're doing a character yeah. so you don't it's have to... It's totally that level of, it's, it's that, that level of separation. Like I do a, pers- a comedian who, you know, like or the thing where I wish I could do that kind of act where be, uh, you know, somebody saying... It being sort of, um, are you talking about the accessible. ladies? We have a system. Yeah, yeah, like a lady sing. But the 
truth is, I am actually using that style in order to get the same laughs that that person But you're would, getting so. two different laughs. Yeah, exactly. You're getting the people yeah. who yeah, don't yeah, get yeah, the yeah. joke, and you're, people, <laughs> yeah. you're getting the laughs of people who get the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. What um, would happen if you did that character, and it became really famous, but you became successful for the non-ironic version of that character? Would it freak you out? I Larry think, I love, just having, <laughs> I think, it's just, it. I think it just feels sad because the same thing when people come up to the show and they're like, God, I, I didn't really get anything else, but uh, that thing at that thing at the end, that was great. You know, yeah, that was fucking funny. And I go, oh, okay. But then I also feel good because at least they laughed at one thing. Right. You know, so it work. It does work both ways. Like, oh, that, that it is funny. I mean, what what that act to say is is funny, and that um, that's a uh, that's a way to do stuff too. I do things out of Jealousy and low self-esteem sometimes. <laughs> and, um, Don't we all? Yes, of course. Yes, yes. That's um, how I walk. May I take this class with like, me? Maybe you, maybe you might start a podcast because you feel like you don't have enough control over your career. Por example. But, um, I've known you for, uh, like, 10 or 11 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we used to do these, these little shows in Westwood, yeah, California. Yes, yes. And, uh, but your comedy career goes back even farther. But you started, you started. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen video of it. But you started with the violin. Violin and the and that was just a, so. If somebody if what didn't go well, at least they'd go, wow, she's a great. Violin. It was all about my <laughs> ego, like going, oh well, oh, yeah. she's great at violin. So what was your what was your when you first started? Like first of all, how did you? How did you kind of get, and a lot of people listening might already know these stories, but I just, for people who don't, um, how did you get into performing and what, what kind of motivated you to do this kind of performance pieces? Uh, well, in retrospect, I realize it's all uh, a vengeful act. <laughs> uh, you know, to prove that I am a worthwhile, regular person, uh, that other people like me, even though, you know, my family was on the fence sometimes. <laughs> so... Let's start with that, and then, uh, <laughs> and then perhaps you know part of myself that's like, mm, I don't know if this is any good, and then you know you get, you know, because applause and stuff is like, oh, oh, I'm okay, you know, I'm an okay person uh, now, but then when the applause stops again, it's an endless cycle. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, but I always enjoyed before. I always, I always like looked forward to doing speeches, like when you got to do a little speech mm-hmm. in grade school. Oh, I just loved it. <laughs> it was so. Did you do a lot of character stuff in the speeches, or were you? I remember doing some story where I made up a story about like a couple of tomatoes, and like one tomato was like a it was like a New York tomato, <laughs> and I, ta- I did that on in my f- fifth grade po- pod system. We had a you know we, in the seventies they had where the, all the classrooms are open, and yeah. then you just go free form yep. from one thing to another, yep. and. Uh, I, I don't know if I remember this clearly, but I do remember like thinking that the other classes stopped what they were doing to listen to me. <laughs> I don't know if that was a fantasy. What 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 was sort of what what was sort of the what, what in kind of uh, what was your inspiration when you were a kid? Like what kind of comedy did you did you watch comedy? Oh were yeah, your parents? yeah, no, my dad, my dad, we'd always stay up and watch uh, Saturday Night Live with my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad would love Saturday Night Live. We'd do all those jokes, you know, to ourselves over and over again. And that's I totally. Like that's one of my best memories, and also the thing that's also the same is laughing with my family. You know, just like making my sister laugh. My sister is ridiculously funny. She is not on her. She has my sister has a vlog. We're all closer to being 
constantly uh everything is being televised so you won't be able to tell where the revolution is uh, but uh, she, <laughs> is this revolting well i don't know what's on the other channel and uh <laughs> my uh, yeah she um but she's really funny and my dad and my mom and so i was you know, have a lot of warm time. And are they cool with all the characterizations of them that pop up in your set? Pretty much. My sister and I, I, th- I think it's been harder because a sister when I, I've kind of made her like sort of a, a cruel persona, which she has <laughs> been. Like she's been kind of snarky. But now she has, uh, she's changed really as a person. You know, she's gone through this sort of a metamorphosis. Well, that's not funny though. Yeah, Exactly. And I tried to goad her. Her being a nice, normal person is yeah. hardly comedy fodder. I know she's so supportive now. <laughs> she won't. She won't budge. Uh, so, so now, yeah, I'm having to rewrite some material of like uh, how maybe I'm the asshole. You know, how I'm the asshole. So, so that's sort of different. And but I think that that was hard for her. You know, to I think to hear me kind of making her a sort of this snarky person because she lives in a, it's a small town Duluth is so I mean and I, I think I'm the only thing besides Bob Dylan uh, that gets report, you know <laughs> reported about so it's like uh, you know people got back to her and like Sarah have you seen your sister's in person <laughs> and she's like no what is it you know so uh, but that was hard I remember one time I did a did a motorcycle rally uh <laughs> Performing, because uh, my and it, it was a Minnesota motorcycle rally, so everyone was very quiet. You know, nobody was. We were just camping. We're just camping, uh, and we like to ride motorcycles. And so it wasn't as frightening as that sounds. But uh, I had my dad open for me. I paid him three hundred bucks. Oh my god, that's and amazing! He did ten minutes up front, and it was. I mean, he, bom- he bombed. But it, was, <laughs> it was, and you don't really bomb in Minnesota because everybody's just sort of politely listening. Like that's well, a great way to get back at your parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make him do comedy. Here's a mic. Get up there. Yeah. He was so great though. He rehearsed it over and over again, oh, and he did a joke man. about me, which was total payback. This was like, he goes. Okay, what do you think history? Okay, so uh, my I asked my daughter to you pick me up at the airport, and she said, oh, I'm busy. I can't get my daughter Maria. I can't." I said, "Dad, when did you ask me to pick up the airport?" He says, "Oh, it has to be true." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, good point, my friend. Good I, point." I, I see the Bamfords as the new reality show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what the, the, the Maria Bamford show was—the super deluxe web show you did. It was just like it's just her. You doing all your different family members, right? My family members, I, yeah, I like, I like doing that. It's fun. Well, it's fun. Bamford and I worked on Barnyard together. Oh, that's right. We did back at the Barnyard for Nickelodeon, and uh, Bamford played the next door, the meddling next door neighbor, Mrs. Beatty, and they would always. What was so great about working on Barnyard is that they, we would do written passes of the script, but then they would just have us improvise, and they used a lot of the stuff we improvised, and particularly with Maria, they would just let her go <laughs> like as far as she wanted to go, and so. That character just ended up becoming so wonderfully insane, and it was it was you know like almost entirely Maria just just coming in and kind of like like taking what could have been a pretty 
like stereotypical, like I'm a nosy neighbor, and just making this woman like a basket of insanity. Uh, <laughs> it was so fucking gorgeous. Oh, oh, which is so what nice. you should name your next album. Yes, basket of insanity. Basket or of so insanity. fucking gorgeous. So fucking yeah. gorgeous. One of those things. <laughs> Are you working on a new album? Uh, yeah, I'm always working. I'm trying to work out new material. I mean, it takes me. It seems well. It takes. It takes what it takes. Um, <laughs> I think Jennifer Aniston said that once. <laughs> you know, it's so Your true, Maria. Is, right, Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. She's, I was like, I was, I was, I was going to try to do a joke, you know, how I'm obsessed with celebrities. You know, they're just like us, except that their wor- moods create weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like how, because I read this book about how people go for celebrity because it's a survival technique of biology that you want to look towards the person you perceive as being like the most fertile, physically strongest, whatever person. Well, Jen was not very fertile until recently. Am I right, you guys? Oh. According to us, man. Oh, is she preggers? That's what it says on the newsstand. Uh, baby bump watch? <laughs> baby bump watch. Oh, no, I think her actual quote was, my pussy is full. <laughs> I was surprised they put that on us. But, uh... Oh, my pussy's not hungry anymore, it's full of baby, I think was the actual... <laughs> so, then there was the most disgusting ways to talk about pregnancy and birth. It's like, out of anyone I know, Chris has just, like, tons of horrible ways to say, like, what was it, like, front poop? Oh, That's, yeah. Uh, oh, front poop. <laughs> yeah. Or poop out of my front butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think on, on web soup we said front poop out of human or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's great. <laughs> that was always you know I always wanted to be the class clown and I was always the kid that would say stuff like you know my pussy is full of baby in in school and none of the kids ever thought it was funny. It was just like a fucking momentum killer and just a <laughs> dude. Like I I got that reaction. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, no, it was yeah, never. Yeah. It was yeah. never. Haha, <laughs> you are entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I wasn't really a class clown either. I just I was always uh, because you got if you're a lady, you got to be kind of quiet and giggly. Uh, you know, <laughs> people like it when you, my that's what my dad said. If you want a guy to like you, just listen. Just listen to them for God's sake. <laughs> Something going on in your marriage, Joel? <laughs> um, I love you know you you are one of the only people I've ever seen get away with dropping the c word. Oh yeah, yeah. And it fu- <laughs> when you're married does a bit about her mom heck her parents heckling her. Yeah, yeah. That is yeah. amazing. And uh, my mom heckles me and says, "Shut the fuck up, you stupid cunt!" Before I snap. Your <laughs> and there's usually you feel a chill like ripple through the yeah. room when someone drops the c word. But last night it was. It was on fire, Maria Van It was all right. It was all right. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, that's actually something Brian Posehn said to me. And, uh, he said, shut the fuck up, you stupid. It was, like, in a morning, like, getting into the van. I'm like, hmm. Oh, yeah. Good morning to you, sir. <laughs> that, uh, what was that experience like for uh, Comedians of Comedy Words? You and three, like, very specific but kind of you know, dominant male personalities. It was super exciting because I didn't, I've never had brothers and I had also, like, I'm not, I'm not, I have not always had the best social skills so I would always just escape. Like, like after like, doing an open mic, I would always usually go home pretty frequently or, like, I just didn't have a, a lot of anxiety so I was like, now I'm getting better at it. Being with people, we're okay, aren't we? Yeah. And, or I feel so safe. Um, especially <laughs> when being recorded. Um, as long as everything's recorded. Um, that's, that was, that's what makes it all worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just, uh, it was really nice. It was nice to kind of like, uh, and see that, that they, 
you know, they're sensitive dudes too, you know, like everybody has a, like somehow, sometimes I always thought that, you know, men are different or something, but they had, you know, they were worried about stuff and uh, had, uh, uh, feelings come up and uh, <laughs> all that stuff it was it was it was it was real nice it was real nice and they were very supportive you know and and that's also I think that's also like I, I think oh somebody yeah had a lot of prejudices um, you know thinking oh well if somebody's uh, you said shut the fuck up you stupid cunt before I snap your neck in half right. like somehow. Like he's like really a cruel dude, and he's like, no, I don't like you. I just I wrote a tag for your joke. Like you know, it's like night. You know, it was like it was like being uh, welcomed into the fold because that's exactly what he would say to Patton every morning. Kind of like gang jumping by nerdy comics. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So uh, you know, he called me a cunt. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What's like traveling with Zach? Because I've known Zach about the same amount of time as I've known you and Zach. It's I love him to death. I don't know if I've ever had a serious conversation with him because when you try to have a serious conversation with him, he kind of deflects it, and and then, and I'm like, I don't think I really know you. Yeah, I think I mean I don't I don't super know him very well, uh, but uh, I mean he seems like a good guy. I mean I could see that he he's uh, you kind of get to some weird like celebrity factor where or you're or like just like I would think maybe he. Like maybe it'd be stressful to like connect with too many people. Oh yeah, well, especially especially now, especially yeah, now because yeah, yeah. he's, he's he's super famous. Yeah. yeah, the only long conversations I've ever had with him have been about music. But that's mm. like not, like but once it delves into like you know like growing up, like listen to other bands, like that's when it exactly you know like he deflects and it goes into something. Yeah, yeah, weird. yeah. Well, I had some really crazy drunk moments with that guy. Oh, <laughs> at his house, at his house in, oh, in England. Right. Yeah. Like we, oh, yeah. like just being in other places. I called a cab one night. This was the same night that I asked Mark Marin because Mark Marin had been sober a couple of years at this point. This was like in 2003. It was July 4th. Actually, July 4th of 2003. Was it at the the house in, in Yeah, yeah, yeah. Venice? Yeah, it was the house in Venice. And uh, and I was hammered. And I went to Mark Marin. I was like, so you're sober, right? What's that shit like? Uh, and then I called the cab and fell asleep on the floor. Uh, and then Zach, Zach had to wake me up and be like, your cab's here. I'm like... Who's a cab now? Like I didn't know where I didn't know where I was. Just a puddle uh, of drool. Um, oh, those were the good old days. There was a bouncy castle in the back. It was a pretty fun party. Oh, I don't. I just remember Nick Swords and shooting bottle rockets at people. It was a weird. It was yeah, a weird party. that was crazy. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you uh, are, do you mind? Are you on the? Are you on the sober train? Or do I'm you? Not, no, I'm not on the sober train. I, I booze it up sometimes, but not. I I don't drink that much because I'm on so much medication. Like I get sleepy real quick. Uh. You know, so it's like uh, it's not super fun for me. Like my friend was like, let's go wine tasting. I was so. And I, I'm more of a food person. Like I do like delicious foods, and uh, you know, and also caffeine. I can totally relate with Mark Maron on that. Like he is always cranked up on he's, coffee. Like he I loves am his coffee. jacked, and uh, I'm trying to get off that. I've tried to get off that stuff. Drink a choice. What do you like? Oh, well, I used to be just a did cokehead, and then I dated somebody who was totally an iced coffee, and I was like, what? And that is a sweet high. Like, the, the iced coffee, it's like, you had, oh my god, it's like you're flying. You have all so many, all so many ideas in your head. It's like when Troy McClure gives Selma the cigar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like smoking ten cigarettes at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I was trying to get off that, because I don't know, like, I mean, 
the philosophy that I seem to adhere to is that whole idea of like, well, why are you doing this? Like, is it kind of covering up some sort of feeling, you know? Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, God damn it. You know, and I go, I don't know if I, like, I get scared, like, whatever's, you know, caffeine is covering up, it'll be something like, you're going to have to move from Los Angeles and train to become an EMT. Because <laughs> that's what you're meant to do is to help people in emergency situations, even though you get really anxious in those situations and probably don't uh, command a lot of confidence in people because of your high voice and your jittery hands. But <laughs> so you might just get that flash of a thought. Like, I get like that. I worry that it will mean that I had that somehow, because uh, I bought a house and all of a sudden I realized, like, like they always say, or not they always say, but I thought the American dream is you buy a house and then you feel like great like you kind of feel a part of everything and in fact it has been super lonely to like live in a house when you're by yourself and then I just got a roommate so oh you did yeah nice. yeah yeah where'd you find where'd you get your roommate nice. Craigslist oh her name's Jasmine hi Jasbo oh I met Jasmine she yeah, was yeah. at the show yeah, last yeah, night yeah. she was nice super nice she's like 19 she's an artist she's super cool she already got herself on some YouTube stars video uh, that they're shooting in Sherman Oaks and um <laughs> Anyway, so it's been super, super good. But, uh, yeah, and kind of like that weird thing of, like, everything I've ever wanted has happened. You know, like, I'm done. Yeah. You know, like, I don't really, there's just nothing really need I, you know, to strive for. And it's like, oh, so, you know, I make enough money. It's like, okay. Uh, and uh, I know these are champagne problems. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do, do they come from caviar uh, dreams? Yes, yes, yeah. they do. <laughs> Caviar nightmares. Okay, oh, Sometimes diamonds, they kind of scratch you. <laughs> oh my god! Complain bragging. I love it. I love. It. I, I'll sit. I'll sit and have complain bragging sessions with people just for the fucking fun of it. Yeah, it's like, you know, what they don't tell you when you buy the new Audi is that uh, the keyless entry system. You know, you have to be within 15 feet of the car. It's like, maybe I want to be 20 feet from the car, Germany. I hear you. Hey, it's man. Ridiculous. Hey, man, how's your Honda doing? What? <laughs> it's a hybrid. That's oh, a hybrid. How's so it? it's female and it can't reproduce. Come on, biology jokes. Yeah. Uh, no, nature finds a way. I don't know if you remember the chaos theory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nature finds a way. There's frog I also play jazz, and here's an iMac. Hey, so how did you feel after getting your brand new car? Like, Did you feel considerably different? Well, I was dating a girl in Santa Monica, and I was driving a six-cylinder Jeep oh, back and Might as forth. well be Wyoming. Exactly. So far. <laughs> I know exactly. If you live uh, in LA, you understand that joke. What's funny is I, I got rid of the Jeep because it got 12 miles to the gallon, and then I got the Civic Hybrid and then immediately broke up with her in the Hybrid. And I felt great about it. Oh, so it was a very but green then, breakup. But then I was sad because I didn't have the Jeep anymore because I'm driving like four miles a day back and forth to work. And uh, But you know what? I'm used to it. Okay. But it gets great mileage. I can drive to Vegas and back on a tank. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That's yeah. nice. But yeah, so it didn't change your all over mood or like feelings about I life. I felt better about uh, not recycling bottles. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. That's interesting. So you, you, there's, 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 it up. there's a sort of weird, oh, so there, there's awesome. a sort of kind of weird carbon footprint economy yeah, that you like, go, you're like, well, yeah. I'm contributing in this way. So it's like when I'm at Whole Foods and I finish, I'm like, you know what? This is going to the trash. You're just like, you're walking down the neighborhood and you just fucking kick a puppy and you're like, hybrid, hybrid. Hybrid. Sorry. Wait, wait, my friend just said something like that because I don't have kids, like that's doing something for the environment. Like I can take credit for that. Like I'm not increasing the population. I was like, mm. <laughs> 
sounds like you just don't want to have kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you? Uh, are you? Are you seeing anyone right now? Uh, no, I'm dating on a on a, a number of different facilities. Although I know that that's not the best way to meet people. As they say, the best way to meet, you know it's just through. But so I'm, I'm joined a volleyball group because I enjoy volleyball. Do you really? Yes, I do. I do. Bump. Sign out. Spike. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Bump Spike. She knows all the terminology. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what sign out means. Was that means I get to. It was run a movie. I don't know. It was a movie with uh, Peter Horton and C. Thomas Howe. It was a volleyball <laughs> movie from the 80s, I think. Yeah, any 90s. sport, every sport had a movie in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, C. Thomas Howe. Yes. <laughs> but just to say this, uh, please don't anyone Facebook me about wanting to go on a date unless they live within five miles of Los Angeles. Because, uh, <laughs> and I also don't won't go out with any because I went on a date with somebody from Facebook who actually knew through friends through high school. And uh, it was uh, so terrifying. I cannot even, like, it turned out like it was really, it was like, oh, this is why people don't give up the numbers, meet people in private places, because you really don't know. Like, somebody can have, like, all the, like, this person is a, you know, has a reputable business and <laughs> lives in a wonderful home and are uh, drinking at night by themselves, right. uh, doing, you know, like, I mean, which I'm a cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, I'm totally, but, uh, you know, you just go, oh, wow, I, I didn't realize that, you know, uh, yeah, you do have to be careful because I always thought, oh, so I. I can't believe that Jack Rapington turned out yeah, to be yeah, a, exactly. a psychotic individual. <laughs> oh. You know, Aaron Foley and I were sitting in the back of the, who is also a wonderful comic. Hello, um, so good. And uh, we, were, we were just, I mean, I watched, I watched, I had to pee about halfway through your set, but I didn't want to leave. So I watched, I stayed, I held it in. Yeah. And Foley and I were just talking about how, um, like, your stuff is am- amazing on. On so many different levels, and I love I love the idea that I can see the sort of the sort of self help stuff that I'm sure I mean like yeah. I know I've I've, yeah. re- I've read a bunch of that stuff too, yeah. and, and I and I and I see it bleeding out, and so on the on the face of it, it's very it's funny like the shit that you're writing is very funny on the surface, but I love kind of looking at what's underneath like God damn it she must have been through like 15 of hearing that same kind of phrase over and over again about how you gotta love yourself and you gotta let people in you know before that expressed itself in your comedy yeah I love self-help I'm a total self-help nerd I love reading about ways to how life should be lived in a series of boxes and if you just do a short inventory of your uh, what are your strong points and your negative points and why don't you uh, put that on a graph and then uh, put it through a computer and then it comes back to you and you get a badge and you wear that and you know like Maria, Maria pretend your life is a file cabinet yeah, you're given 43 <laughs> folders and in each folder is an emotion that you can file away oh it's so I mean it's Linux I know this system yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's that is totally yeah someone and, should write a Unix philosophy uh, self-help book yeah. like sell, self-help book through Unix philosophy oh that would be I would <laughs> that would that. sell at least five copies <laughs> I mean I'll read anything like, the guy in the has... office is the processor <laughs> and the filing cabinet's your hard drive <laughs> sorry I like I do like autobiographies like I like this did you read um uh, okay uh, Andrea Gassi's uh, no uh, Oh my god! It was awesome. It's beautifully written, but it's all about like the passion of doing something and being super passionate and working super hard at it. But it—I mean, he says he hated it. He hated tennis the whole time. Like he was pushed to do it as a kid, and and it was just—I don't know. I think it's—it was a really beautiful book, and I I love to read. I mean, I love to read. uh, Period. I love to read. 
<laughs> I'm a reader. What are you guys reading? reading? Are you guys reading anything good? I'm reading uh, Craig Ferguson's book right now. Oh, you are? Yeah, yeah. That? The uh, American on Purpose. It's great. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's awesome. We had him on recently on the podcast, and like, oh. I was just like, this guy's awesome, and just I wanted to know more about like his upbringing, and like, like, cause like you know he's like you said, like he started like in punk bands, and then went on to like do comedy. Yeah. Like, uh, like it's like an, I, you know, I had the same thing where it's like I was in punk bands growing up, and then like I just stopped being in bands, and started doing comedy, right. and like it's a great book, really good and really really good read. That's awesome. But you have to have the Craig Ferguson voice in your head while you're reading it because it makes it that much funnier. That's the same <laughs> thing with the Groucho Marx autobiography. Oh really? You have, to have Groucho in your head when you're. I was re- I read uh, Business Strip Bear, the Richard Branson one, um, but now. You know, it's hard for me to read. It's hard for me to read um, fiction. I always tend to read nonfiction because I want to learn about people's yeah, processes, no, yeah. Yeah. and I always feel like, oh, I feel like it's a waste of, of you know, like <laughs> I could be learning something. Yeah, yeah. But um, the girl who uh, I just took on a bunch of contributors for the Nerdist site, and this girl who writes book reviews just wrote about a book called Ancestor by a guy named Scott Sigler, and it looked. She says it was amazing. So I, I, I will probably. I'll probably read that, okay. uh, but I never, I never, never read fiction stuff. I know. Uh, yeah, I'm not a super fiction. I just go, it, just, it didn't happen. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> if I read, just made that stuff up. Well, yeah, yeah. If I read fiction, it's like a comic book or a graphic novel, but like never, it's never like, if, if it's a book, I just read. Like I, I love uh, Chuck Klosterman. I've never read his novel, Downtown Novel. I, uh, Downtown Owl. I, only, I always read his nonfiction stuff. I just can't. Say it's it. like a waste of a book. I'm like, why didn't you just? <laughs> Mary Bevan, what would your autobiography be like? Mm. I, I, yeah, I, I read uh, Kathy Griffin's and um, uh, and Sarah Silverman's, mm-hmm. and those are both just so awesome and great. And I read all of Chelsea Handler's books, uh-huh. which are, I mean, she's great, too. It's just so awesome, because it just seems like, I mean, yeah, she's very, um, I mean, like, feminist and that she did you know she doesn't apologize for just like loving sex like yeah. she's just like <laughs> and she's just like yeah so this i did it then and then i did it again and then i did it with this person you know i mean that that was probably my focus of the book i'm sure she said some other things on there but uh but uh but uh let me see uh i've been mean, i i have a book that i started working on which i thought because i thought about um depression like i've read tons of books about depression and anxiety and stuff like that so i thought you know one word be funny it could be a funny book, um, but maybe that already exists. So I did start working on that, and that's called uh, "Is Don't Be Afraid of the Dark." Even if it does exist, it does not exist in your voice, yeah, which is which yeah, is why yeah, yeah. which is why I think you is why I think you should do it. Do you? Because I mean, I've 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 always I mean, I have a history of you know anxiety, and and what the interesting thing was, stand up. I all, like no matter how anxious I could be going to a show, I always felt better once I got on stage. Like it was the weirdest. Kind of opposite the way it normally works for people. Like yeah. it always took me out of the anxiety space to performing. Yeah, it's totally relaxing. Like I, 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 there's no way you can think about anything else on stage. You can't really. focus on yourself and be hyper aware and. Yeah, yeah, totally. You yeah. just have to be. You just kind of got to. What's well, you know? It sounds corny, but that's that, true. No, so I wasn't. Uh, you know, I said it jokingly, but that's exactly. Yeah, but you were holding two ears of corn in your hands when you said it, and you were dancing around. <laughs> and comically. I put my B shirt on. We just yeah. you, you got to be strong. <laughs> yeah, what? You, you got my B shirt. You got to be on. You got to. Sometimes on a Friday night, answer. I like to put my B shirt and get my B shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, damn. Do you, um, oh, this is something that uh, I have to think about. Um, cause I don't, like, it's weird. Uh, like, what do you think about, like, pr- like the idea of, like, preaching to the choir, like, pr- performing for your own crowd, whether, I was talking to Al Madrigal, and he performs all sorts of, you know, and, and, and I just go, God, I would like to be that comedian, you know, performs all different sorts of rooms, like, anywhere, uh, you know, anytime, and I just, I just get so 
first of all, I just feel bad for the people who I'm performing for. I just go, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, because you aren't going to enjoy this until I get the hang of it. So, <laughs> we've, talk, we've talked before, and you said yeah. that you, it sometimes it, it, it gets rough on the road, you know, if you get a super mainstreamy audience that doesn't really get what you're trying to, to yeah, do. Yeah, I feel, I, I feel really bad about it, but uh, maybe I should eat more protein. <laughs> uh, that seems to be an issue. Um, I, like, I, I went up at the, in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I was just... Oh, it's just a rough week where it was a lovely club uh, where it's like a, you know, sort of a community totally, you know, it was packed every night, but they weren't necessarily knew what they were going to see. It was just sort of like, we all come down because it's, you know, so-and-so's retiring and yeah. this is where everybody goes in Erie. And, and uh, so I, oh my God, I let them down. I let those people <laughs> down. But, uh. I also had malted milk balls for dinner, and uh, then uh, Jackie's like, get her some chicken wings! Get her some chicken wings! Oh, yes, Jackie Cation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Jackie Cation. Jackie Cation. She's a delight to be with but I don't, you. I, listen, I don't feel like you have to, you know, I, I mean, obviously there are exceptions to every rule, but yeah. I feel like people who try to speak to everyone end up talking to nobody. You know, like, you, I, I feel like the people who love what you do are across the board, super smart, introspective thinking people and I think that's a great audience to have I, I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with finding your audience and performing for them I and mean, that's right, ultimately right. kind of what well, you're it's like, it's like a, you know bands like you know right. it's like, right. like the kind of music a band plays like you know the people who like that kind of music are going to watch that band like the Dave Matthews band uh, that's exactly what we're talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the king of the <laughs> Even your impressions. Uh, well, they got violence. So you like? Do. Oh, well. It's really more of a fiddle, Jonah. It's a fiddle. It's really more of a fiddle. I got. Oh. To, I got to sit in the same care. green room with those guys because Australia, they don't have any hierarchy of who's supposed to be. <laughs> in the green room. And so I got to hang out with all the other superstars with the who was Luke's. Who's the guy who's the who's the new Skywalker? Hayden Christensen. Yeah, with him, and we all sat in the same green room. Uh, uh, you're better than him. Yeah. I want to say you're better than him. Oh, he, he was lucky to be in the room with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that uh, Jumper wasn't a fine movie. That must have been 2004. What year is it? Yeah, that? it was long ago. Yes, yeah, yeah. How was it in tour. Australia performing in Australia? Oh, it was fun. It was great. It was great, but it's too far, and uh, it's too far. It's too far and too. Lonely. You know, it's just like again, it's like unless Jackie came for the first two weeks, and that was awesome. And then uh, I just got to convince people to go with me, mm -hmm. which seems to be an issue now. You know, like I'll go, oh, you know, because a lot of my friends have kids or, you know, businesses. And they're just like, well, the ones I who can't. aren't being responsible for the environment have kids. Mm -hmm. yeah. You have a 19-year-old roommate right. who would probably love to go to Australia with But you. would I be somehow lowering the carbon footprint? <laughs> taking, I could take more airplane rides if I was a foster parent. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> Interesting. What is going through your head? when you start because you know I feel like you know we all kind of have these algorithms in our head as comics where when you start you start doing your act and you go oh if they didn't respond to that they're probably not going to go for the next 10 minutes of stuff like where does your where does your head go you know when you're kind of starting and you're like ah, I don't think they're that into this I, yeah I kind of try to go to, well Jackie calls it going to the vault where it's like which <laughs> I feel like like I watched Louis C.K. where he would I went on tour with him a couple times and he would like he would just go and do his new stuff like no matter what I mean he does have a really strong personality very strong, strong personality yeah so but but um so 
you know, sometimes I just try to do as many new ones, and then when they seem like they're like irritated, then I go, oh well, here's this one. <laughs> I know you'll. So here's a soft, underhanded pitch yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your writing process like? Do you like where do you? I just talk, I talk to myself in the car, like on the way here. I was talking about how uh, there's this phenomenon where I. Uh, uh, I get picked up by a cab driver sometimes, and this is not an all-encompassing statement, but sometimes cab drivers are recently emigrated from a country where if they were to see me in their country, I could probably be stoned or <laughs> thrown acid in my face or, or, or raped with a fence post. And that affects the customer service, let me tell you. Uh, because it, like, they, I've just had really bad experiences where they'll like, one guy started yelling at me, took me off the street, and like uh, to a siren started yelling at me because I it wasn't going far enough for him for a fare. Um, wouldn't let me. One guy wouldn't let me roll the windows down. Uh, uh, one guy, yeah, yelled at me uh, for a long time. You know about how I was using a credit card, and I said it has credit cards or anything. It was all seemed to be about like women are inferior. Why is the goat talking? Oh right, you know, right, like, right. <laughs> you so know. you're saying that there's some sort of a regional thing about where these gentlemen. From where they hail, where you're a woman and you're getting in the cab and you should fucking shut up and yeah, do what they say. It's kind of hillbilly. I mean, whatever it is, it's hillbilly. You know, where it's like, uh, just the, the first question is all, and I'm sure women, you know, we get is, uh, uh, are you married? I mean, I've heard that. Like, are you that's serious? The, that's the first question. It, a lot of cab drivers is, are you married? And uh, what that means is, are you a whore? Oh my well, gosh. Not. And then I say, yes, I am. Uh, his, uh, he is a Marine as well as a mercenary. And you know what? His name is Knife. He's a sharp knife. Uh, sometimes I call him gun when we're just joking around. Uh, but, and then I joke about, like, sometimes, sometimes I've said, I've gotten sort of mad and said, they, you know, they'll say, oh, you made it, okay. Uh, so uh, and it isn't it isn't one ethnicity. I think it's like it's a sort of a you know I don't know what it is. It's just sort of like a thing that women should it's be out thing. and about. Yeah, it's cab drivers, <laughs> fucking cab drivers. Um, you know, and I'm wearing something sleeveless, and that is asking for it. <laughs> yeah. and, hey, what uh, are you uh, showing your forearms for? You slut. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of I kind of wonder it because it's like a. Then, then I what I do is I'll say, oh, uh, will you hold on? And uh, I'll say, oh, I'm a, I'm a, and I regret saying because I say I'm a comedian. And then they go through a whole, you know, things of like, oh, you've seen everything. So then they take out their cell phone and show, you know, pictures of. Uh, uh, Tiger Woods dancing to I like pussy, yeah, it's funny. Or reiterating uh, Eddie Murphy's uh, act from 1985 of, you know, faggots? How they put their dick in a hole? You think about the faggots? It's so fucking funny. You've seen everything, though. I mean, I want to see everything, my friend. And, yeah, what, uh, what are you going to answer? They go, what do you do? DEA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a, well, that's a good Just idea. tell me you work for the government. Yeah. Tell me you fucking work for the government and they will not bother you. Yeah, that, oh, I mean, that's true. Now I say I'm a bookkeeper. And no, bookkeeper, yeah. uh, no, that's too obvious. Oh, okay. DEA is like fucking hardcore enough and it's a weird thing to say. I don't think... I think INS would be the, the one that they'd be like, ah, you're fucking with me. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. But DEA, I feel like, is specific enough. Yeah, DEA will have a gun. Glad we worked yeah. this out, guys. And I, and, I mean, I don't think, and I don't think it is... Because I'm sure they're are white Americans who would be kind of the same way, like, you know, that same sort of thing of, like, why is a woman out traveling uh, by herself? What you need to do is get yourself a gun, badge, decapitate one, hang his head from your purse, Ah! then no one's going to say anything when you get in their car. (laughs) 
Exactly. Then that's that's the problem. What? Who's married? What now? Who's married to whom now? And you can just kind of indicate to the head. Chris Hardwick, problem solver. That's right. <laughs> I'm just a guy that feels like decapitation solves everything. Sure, my answers will get you arrested, but their answers. Who else got one? <laughs> you guys aren't chipping in. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I was trying to write a joke about that, you know, about, like, saying, you know, like, what... And the f- hilarious thing is that I never say, like, because I had some friends I was talking about, and they're like, oh, yeah, just... Because t- Fred had a similar experience. She was just like, I told them, you know, you know, f- fuck off, and you're not going to get a tip or whatever, and I'm going to call it a taxi issue. Of course, what I do is I go, I over-tip them, and then I'm really nice because I think... I feel part of me is I'm afraid of them, right? And then uh, part of me sort of like feels sorry for them, like, oh well, I just uh, you know maybe they're gonna learn about the country and they're just a new <laughs> experience for them. And, the you the know, apologist for the asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he's really nice when you get to know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's totally like, uh, well, why did I? You know, why do you stay in a relationship with someone who yells at you all the time? Like, oh, he's right. <laughs> I, I do I tremble a lot when he's yelling at me. That's true. It's me. I'm such a dummy the way my face looks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I love, my I think, I mean... I mean, not to. I hope this doesn't make it weird. You might be my favorite comedian. Oh, that's very kind. I mean, like, like genuinely, genuinely. And and but but one of my favorite thing about your material is that it is it is unstealable. There is no fucking way. He's tried. He's tried. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is. Well, sometimes, but. I mean, all ideas, we all have the same ideas. We're all having generally the same experience, you know? So it's like, I always think, even if you have the exact same idea, because I had somebody, we had the same ideas, and a young lady who had a hilarious idea that I had as well about how, um, you know, I'm in an abusive relationship, but it was with myself. Um, I know I seem charming when we're together, but, you know, when it's just me, sometimes all of a sudden, I, and I, don't, I can't predict it, I'll just start yelling at myself, why don't you go to the gym and have a baby? <laughs> and, um, you know, and you just think, well... You know, like then you just develop the shit out of it until it is unrecognizable from anybody else. You know, like that's what I want to know about yeah. you is how you. So, uh, uh, do you, so you, you a lot of this you work out kind of in the car. Do you, do you ever sit down to write? Yeah, yeah, I sit down and I'll tell me and Jackie will do like a joke. We'll go, okay, I'm doing, and we'll not, we'll ask for tags or not. I'd say, I don't want any feedback on this. I'm just saying it aloud, you know, because that, that's hard when somebody like gives feedback, but it's like, it's too, it's a fresh baby, you yeah. know, and um, I can't read yet. And uh, <laughs> right where the baby comes out of the womb. Yeah. Oh, oh, you gonna fix that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's only two minutes old. Exactly. Is this already full gone? Put yeah, some clothes yeah, yeah. on that. You probably want to cut that cord off yeah. the middle. Well, yeah, but it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, He's gonna give a little bit of time. So <laughs> it's gonna look like that forever. No, it's gonna grow into yeah, a person. Yeah. I'm not oh, seeing that happen in front so. of my eyes. I don't think so. I mean, I guess you could. I just would shelve it. I mean, yeah. I just, people might happens. not like First it. First impressions last a lifetime. See yeah. <laughs> my, my mom will say, like, sometimes I can't tell my parents jokes, so my mom said, oh, that needs a lot of work. <laughs> like that premise or whatever. Uh, but uh, my dad, my dad, I don't know if that, like, I have a dad who's like a workaholic. He'll be up from like 4 a.m. to like 7 p.m. Like work, working at a job, but then also at home at night. He'll bring home stuff. And What's he do? It's an unhappy. Uh, no, no. I, I, but he loves to work, but I think he has some, he's a dermatologist, but he also does studies on the side and does all sorts of, it's a little less now that he's getting older, but uh but like I was, yeah, I was just I've been trying to write a joke about that about like 
uh, but it seems sad now. It's a little too sad. Like people kind of go, oh, but I'm trying to work on that. Like saying, uh, my, my dad, uh, uh, is always, you know, giving me a hard time about my work ethic. Ooh, should you going down for a nap or just coming up from a nap? <laughs> Ooh, no, you, were you taking a break from your vacation? Dad, I'm traveling. Ooh, sure, you're on sabbatical. Dad, oh, no, I get it. You sat around bars for years, you know, eating french fries with your friends, and now you found a way to get paid for it. <laughs> Dad, I don't want to talk to you. Oh, you're going to hang up on your poppy. I <laughs> <laughs> don't want to talk to you, Dad. No, I'll talk to you. Yeah, what else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> but I've told that joke, and some people, like, get a little bit sad, you know? Like, it's like the tra- jokes transform of, like, oh, where it's like, oh, okay, you when you start with the initial emotion, and it's like, Oh, I sound too mad or it sounds too sad, you know, or something like that. Because when I was telling that before, it was like, my friend's like, oh, oh. If the way I was telling it before wasn't any good. But I like, I like how de- jokes develop, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you kind of, do you ever riff tags on stage or do you go up like totally, you know exactly what's going to come out? Uh, I know pretty much, but sometimes, yeah, because, I mean, I wish I would let myself be more surprised, you know, to like trust in the, uh, in the moment, in the universe, in the wind blowing in the trees, it affects <laughs> us all. Um, are you working on any jokes? Uh, yeah, yeah, more so now than I have in a while. But like, uh, I just, I don't, I don't write well when I just sit down and write. I write yeah. the worst things I've, I, I could ever do if I just sit down and write. So I, I have ideas and then I take them on stage and then oh, play with them. Okay. Yeah. With the, with, I had this, I had this conversation with. Steve Odekirk, who was creator of Barnyard. Yeah, oh, okay, right. And right. Steve was saying he thinks it's important to sit down and, and write those shitty parts because he thinks it loosens up the machine yeah. for you to get to this stuff so that later on you'll have an idea in your car, but that was probably shaken loose because you actually did sit down and force yourself to write no matter how bad it was. And, and there's a weird thing, too. Like, I actually found one of my old notebooks uh, and I was going through it, and some of the stuff I know I tried and it would like crash and burn, but like seeing it now with you know years of you experience, ready for it, yeah. I wasn't ready for it yet. So seeing stuff now, I'm just I'm like, oh wait, no, I, I think I can figure this one out now. Yeah. Do you ever do that? Do you ever go back to the old books? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go through and dig through a lot. I mean, a lot of it's really painful where you're like, oh my god, this yeah. is, what was I? But every once in a while, you'll see. Yeah, I think it's really important to to dig through the old oh, stuff. See, I throw away all my notebooks as soon as they're filled. Are you serious? I throw them all away. Wow. Do you really? Yeah. That's fascinating. I have a box of old notebooks. You just throw them away. Why? I throw them away because I, I don't. I think it. Yeah. I don't know. I throw stuff away. I know. I was thinking about it myself because I know it would be interesting yeah. to look back. Well, it's neat, too, because, like, you know, with other experiences in your life, you end up looking at something that you wrote down when you had one angle at it. Now you have two or three different, like, views. It's, just, it's, it's, sort, of, it's sort of a weird, psychotic diary. Yeah, 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 yeah no, really. no. Just, to, like, to see what your brain was trying to, yeah. you know, like, express at the time. Yeah. It is good. I don't, pardon me, I think I just, I don't like clutter. I don't like stuff sitting around, you know, like, so, well, that's good. I like that, like, what happens when you're working something out on stage and, like, you just totally... Lose because that, that is my fear. At least I feel like if I have yeah. something planned out, even if people are on board, it's like, well, I have a plan mm-hmm. and I did a nice plan, and um, <laughs> you know, they can see that I baked these cookies and they're made of shit, but they look like cookies. Uh, <laughs> I, if, it, if I, if I, you know, go into a I turn down a dead end, I just, yeah. you know, and it just pitters out, I just go, well, and then I start <laughs> the next thing, you know. Yeah. 
There's like there's there's nothing. You know, I like because so many of the shows in LA too aren't like really like a professionally shows. They're just yeah. they're at bars and they're laid back. I don't think you have to justify it at all. I think as long as you, I mean, ultimately, I think the crowd is. They're there to sort of be led a little right, bit. Right. I mean, like you're forming a relationship with them, but they want to follow you. Like that's why they're there. So if you don't, I feel like if you don't go, oh, screech, yeah. you know, and like if something doesn't play, I think if you just kind of gloss over it and jump onto something else, they're not gonna. Don't care. I don't, yeah, I don't think they'll really care if you don't if you don't land yeah. on it for but too you can, long. But you can get some laughs to get out of the situation by commenting on that moment. Like I like it sometimes at the improv, like that the kind of crowd that like well like if you take it one step too far, they'll step back. You comment that they took a step back. They, you get a laugh, and then you right. just move on from right, there. Right, 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 right. I know, and I do love that. I love that when yeah. somebody just says what is happening. You know, because I, I think I have a hard time. Say, I don't know if that's because of culturally how I grew up. It's like let's not mention what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> the danger though is always that if because in your mind. You're not. You're not always the best judge of What's how your materials, happening? like how people. Sometimes yeah. you think people don't like you, and sometimes it's they're listening or they're trying to hear. Yes. And so then when you go into, well, this was a big pile of failure. Yeah. Then everyone is just kind of like, oh, I you was wasn't like really you. feeling yeah. that, and then you're t- you're you're telling them that it sucked, and then they're like, ah, oh. not. I mean. But I totally hear you about the honesty yeah. thing. Uh, like, yeah, I like I like even like just like you know, like getting up on stage and like commenting on the room right away because yeah. it kind of brings everyone into the now of the show. Yeah. I like and I always feel like oh this person's really here like they're not just phoning it in going I'm going to recite to you which is something like, okay I'm going to try that I'm going to try it today at takes I'm at tykes tykes t oh oh at the Tay. it's Tay, I believe I'm not French French toast French toast eight thirty p.m. Really? French toast at sun, uh, Sunday nights is that, that's what it's called that show. And I didn't know there was a show there. Do they serve French toast? Um, I don't know. Is that uh, French? Or is it a French toast? Like, uh, oh, do your elf. Oh, they, uh, they, yeah, the last week they had like Kyle and Bronger on it or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I heard yeah. it's good. Yeah, Kyle no. Canadian, Matt Bronger. Yeah, sorry. Just for people listening. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, they're very, they're very gifted and talented as well. <laughs> um, what are your sort of uh, what? What are your do you, you know, because you, you earlier you said, oh, I feel like I have everything I need. Yeah, yeah. Do you have sort of long-term... I mean, it's 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 baffling to me that you're not on a show. Like, you you are... You would be such a perfect character on a show. Like, you... Like, I'm surprised that you're not on something right now. Well, that's what I keep telling the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's good that he's on my side because he has a plan for sure. Um, I, well, hey, I'm going to let you uh, do some, uh, I want you to do some road work. And then we're going to slide you into a sitcom. <laughs> that's the best Jesus Christ voice. That's how he sounds, right? That's what he talks like. Maria, take it from me. Wilfred <laughs> Brimley. Oh, Jesus, you've gained weight. I also have diabetes. <laughs> Diabetes. They deliver him a diabetes medication. Uh, uh, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, when you only saw one footsteps in the uh, <laughs> in the sand, it's because I took a break on a rock. Well, uh, that's because my foot was sawed off because I got diabetes. diabetes. And, uh, because uh, you were carrying me because I got real tired. <laughs> uh, I was riding you like a. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there's the equivalent of footprints in the sand in other religions. Did you know that? Like, there's one about. 
I can't remember this Hindu or Buddhism where it's like um, there was the stat- statue that's dirty of Buddha in the corner in the s- center square, and then somebody rubbed next to it and it was gold. There's the center actually, square, you like mean, our wherever you know the village where Paul Lind used to sit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. the center square. And then somebody rubs up against it and it's actually solid gold, and the thing is like, oh, you don't notice what's a treasure beneath you or something. Well, all like of it, that. like if, I mean, if you you know if you trace back all the mythologies cross over. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, right, like, right. You mean right, religions. Right, heard that. All the religions. Yeah. Real, you mean the facts. And you mean facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably won't teach you all of the, the parallels between the nativity <laughs> and the Mithraism. I don't know what you're... <laughs> all right. You mean when the baby Jesus was yes, born. Yes, yes, Matt. When the baby, baby Jesus was born. <laughs> 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 I don't know, stars. Wow, I've never seen that so time of the year when there weren't shepherds out. And the day Matthews why don't you crash into Jesus? I'm from Boston and I love to believe in Jesus Christ and Dave Matthews. And the Red Sox as well. Can I, can I pitch you guys my show that I would like to do? Go. Please. Okay. Uh, okay. Here's your checkbook out. Okay, so what's happening? Uh, I'd like to do it. Okay, so... But I don't really know what it would look like because I, I want to collaborate with somebody and I was trying to get... um, Do you know Neil... Uh, who's married to Jen Kirkman? Then Neil Mahoney. Mahoney, yes. who's a delight. Now, Maria, uh, I am a network executive, and oh. I, as, as such, I lack a lot of imagination that oh. most humans possess, so you're really going to have to paint the picture for oh, me. Well, I actually paint a picture. That's oh. what I do for the show. Well, I can <laughs> see weird. that. It's called Ross, the girl. Wait, there's no orange in this painting, are you? I hate orange. <laughs> I will never pick up a show with orange in it. <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. It's a modern art piece. Um, No, uh, so um, I don't like that. Okay, so the okay maybe I should, but okay. So the idea is it's a neighborhood uh, sitcom where I live with the same you know people, sort of a cavalcade of characters or whatever that are in my head. Uh, but there's only one person in the series that acknowledges it that uh, who's my roommate that I'm actually not living in the sitcom. And one of the characters is a monster who is what's called me, my mom, and a monster, <laughs> and. Um, the monster lives in the garage, and um, and then each episode, the monster is something else to everybody. Like the monster, you know, represents, you know, whatever, like racism or mm-hmm. uh, the environment or some huge, you know, it's whatever people put on it. Um, you know, uh, is the monster a physical rights. character in the in the show? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and I play the monster as well. And then the monster is whatever you think it is, but it's you know, I'm playing playing it, uh, and it's always in the dark. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of like a Doogie Howser moment where. It's like it's my diary where I talk to the monster, and, uh, and the monster doesn't say anything for the most part. You know, just gurgles and spits and stuff like that. And uh, then, uh, yeah, it's just uh, yeah. There's some uh, yeah. There's new you know different characters. It's sort of like the Ray Bedford show, but I was thinking with with outside characters coming in yeah. who. So uh, not all of them acknowledge. Uh, only one person acknowledges that it's in my head, but everybody else is on board. It's like, hey, how's your mom? And I'm like, well, she said, you know, like. Her, so you is know? it sort of United States of Terra? Yeah, yeah, but but no, um, I don't want to. <laughs> not United say, States of Terrible. Right. But yeah, but I don't. I, I don't want any. Rep- you know, yeah, mental illness or like there's something wrong. You know, it's just like uh, that. I'm just. It's something I do on Sunday nights. You know. But when I'm at home. I wish I had a pile of money to just give you a show. I would love for you to just... Can, can you just go shoot? Can you just go well, shoot some stuff? Yeah, I think this is what I was going to do. I was going to try to meet with uh, Neil Mahoney for lunch. 
I was gonna eat, take him out for lunch, and then I said, hey, if I give you a thousand dollars, you know, would you shoot this one thing maybe and add your creative content? Neil, are you listening? If Neil, if Neil does not shoot your show, I guarantee you that we could find someone okay. to shoot to okay. shoot your show. Okay. I think it's a good choice, though. I, no, I'm saying he might be if, if he's busy. Like if, yeah. if 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 he if he's working on something and he doesn't have any free time, I would produce your show for you. Well, I, I, I I I would. I would just give you Captain money. free time. Just talking. Yes. <laughs> I would just give you... Well, I'm a producer. I don't have to go there. I just throw money at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just go, here's your money. Yeah. Just go make a thing and give it back to me when you're done. Well, in that case, I have a lot of ideas. <laughs> One is just called Fudge Shop. And I just go and visit a fudge shop. And each day they have a new flavor of fudge. Do you need a fat sidekick? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Good, because I'll wear a fat suit. Sorry. <laughs> Crash into magic. <laughs> <laughs> that I evil. Jennifer McLean and I were thinking to do it. We uh, we're obsessed with this idea of just doing a show where it's just um, it's it's an hour long and it's a series and it's just called Fancy Farts. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just and it's a uh, wherever it's just situations. <laughs> people, whatever that you might perceive as fancy. And then at some point during the title, there's a big... I I can see the title card now. It kind of like has the animation of Mad Men, but it's like someone farting and then like it kind of mist comes out of their butt and goes into calligraphy. You know, Mike Furman used to record all of his farts onto uh, onto a... Like a, like a like a micro cassette recorder, or no, I like just on a hit of some digital recorder. And so what we started doing was we started naming them because they were they all had different personalities. So like if you looked under the who me, you'd hear, and they were all actual they were all his actual farts. They were all his actual. Farts. So it was actually a fun exercise to go through and kind of anthropomorphize them. Oh, we had so much fun. Maria, I'm, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch okay. Nerdist.tv. I'm gonna okay, launch, Nerdist.tv. Oh, and, I, oh and I'm gonna produce your show, okay, and great. then, and then we're gonna sell it because you need to be on television. Okay, okay, I will do because uh, all, okay, all I need to do is get Neil Mahoney, and then, uh, yeah, I'll just start, I'll start writing it right now. I mean, it's already, I already wrote one, uh, one episode, but um, yeah, so I'll get you the script, and then, uh, and I, I always try to do things uh, with no, nothing. Because, uh, I mean, it, it, you could just use your imagination, right? Who needs props when you got fingers? That's right. And then, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an old, vault, that, that's like an old vaudeville uh, yeah, no. maxim. <laughs> Who needs props when you got fingers? Yeah. yeah. I think I read that in the Groucho book. Yeah. <laughs> All these kids today with their amplification and their lights. <laughs> All you needed was yelling and fingers. Yeah. <laughs> then we were making $32 a year. <laughs> yes, the big time. Oh. Instead of talking to people, we just poke them. <laughs> Even our rats had rats. <laughs> okay, oh my God, that is so delightful. This is all happening, you guys. Yeah, we're, It's we're, happening so fast. We're, we're going to make it happen. You're, you're a superstar, Marie. You need to be goddamn fucking... Okay, okay. Jeez. We make dreams happen on the Nerdist Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is really exciting. 
dream. Not our dreams. None of our dreams happen. Okay, wait a minute. Well, yeah, but you guys want to be in the show? Because I need to have people in the show. Yeah, I already said I put on a fat suit. Okay, but I'll be I'll be uh, fat neighbor Matt Myra. Matt Jonah, Jonah, what? I will stand on an apple box behind furniture, and I'll be Jonah. (laughs) No, I don't believe that. I'll be me too. I'll be I'll be you as well. I'll be the crazy uh, cow. You just just threw threw Matt Myra under the truck. Real hard. He's gonna be stepping on each other's jokes. He's gonna turn into Will and Grace all of a sudden. Joe's gonna be the Deborah Messing. Oh, that's okay. Ouch. Have you ever had I'm going to be Harry Connick Jr. Have you ever had your dog um, ask uh, ask if it needs representation? Have you ever had that happen? Someone ask you if yeah, your dog... Yeah, no, no, not my dog. I was I went to like a dog thing, a dog event, and then there was this dog agent there. And of course, I was trying to sell hard. Awesome. I was putting her on the, you got on two the pugs. stock block. And, uh, yeah, two pugs. But uh, apparently she was too old. Oh, does that sound familiar? <laughs> and uh, and then, uh, then they saw my friend's dog, who was not interested in a show business at all. A mutt. A terrier. And they were totally interested in that dog. I don't know. That's how it happens. That's how Millhouse got Fallout Boy. That's how Millhouse got the role of Fallout Boy. He didn't want to be Fallout Boy. He didn't want to be Fallout Boy. And they gave him the role anyway. It's when you don't want it that that's when you get it. It's when you least expect it. Wait, so the lesson is, it's when you're a dog who doesn't have any understanding of human (laughs) construct in Hollywood. You can tell when they want it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can Puffing out their asshole a little extra hard with their tail curled up over. You know. You know. They know what they're doing. That's how I feel about relationships. That relationships feels like Hollywood. Where, oh, is the dog okay? Scott really wants in. Oh, he's barking. On Hollywood. Scott's barking. He wants in on Hollywood. Well, you can see the Hollywood sign from my yard. Scott barks at the Hollywood sign sometimes. Like, what did I do? What do you need from me? And then he jumped off like that guy from Family Affairs Mom. Yeah, exactly. Just like that guy. Benford, where are uh, on the internet now? Huh. There has been a huge call to get you on Twitter, but I feel like you're going to be unswayable in this well, uh, in this matter. I just don't know what I would say. What would I? You know, I would. Say, I know I could write funny things, right? But then the problem is, then I know a lot of people are writing very funny things, and I got a right to work on them. To but maybe I'm falling behind in the loop. No one has your point of view. You know, you shouldn't twi- You shouldn't be on Twitter if you feel like it's a chore. Yeah. But yeah. I know that a lot of fans would love for you to be on there because if anything to announce shows, you start off that way and then ease your way into the you know the jokes. Well, let me uh, let me put this out. I'm gonna start whispering what I'm doing in the moment at all times, <laughs> and if people want to start following me. And that's cool. Like literally following <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, right. literally right. following me. Right now, I'm at Chris Hardwick's house. Maria has 5,000 followers. Hello! crowd of people at all times. That would actually be comforting. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like those Verizon commercials where they're all Exactly. Fun. Chris, can you make this happen? A comedy bus where every night where there's a show, like people kind of network to to do share ride share and go to comedy shows together, like comedians where it's like, oh, you have a set at Big Fish and that other shitty place. Let's uh, let's uh, get together. Comedy we, carpool. Yeah, comedy carpool. Comedy carpools. I like I that know. idea. That's, that's, so taking the audience around or taking the comics no, around? No, no, just the comics. Oh, I thought you were talking about a bus service. Oh, okay, no, here's no, where no, I no, went no. with that. No. All right, it's a transportation service <laughs> where you put a comic on it and he entertains people who are being picked up from bars so they don't have to drive home. No, no, oh, this wow. is for comics by comics. Uh, FC. Yeah, but then you got to hang out with comics. Fuck, <laughs> 
But you are Maria. You do have MariaBamford.com, right? Yeah, and you can download a, a free one-hour comedy special that I made for last Christmas, shot by uh, Neil Mahoney, uh, which features my two pugs with no uh, laugh track, which has like an hour of, of relatively uh, not all new material stuff. Stuff, that, but if people just want to visualize things, that's for free. You can shred it, put it on a thing, dice it, whatever you need to do. Uh, it's free. It's yours, and um, that's that's what I'm selling. That's great. And then and then what we're I'm I'm kind of launching a website, and the whole purpose of it is this thing called nerd sourcing, where we crowdsource with nerds. <gasps> and so if you have a project, like you want to shoot this thing, yes. My hope is that we can get a bunch of fun, creative nerds together that will come help get it done for you, and then. You get your thing out of it, and they get to work with you, and they get to put on their resume like, "Oh, I made this thing with Maria Bamford," and everyone gets everyone okay. gets something out That's of it. That's great, but no, and then the only worry is like, I just go, you know, sometimes people are frightening, you know, like even though they're nice, they can be, you know, I don't know. Have you ever? We don't shoot it at your house. Oh God! Because <laughs> that's where I always think. I always think, well, it's got to be my house. No, no, we'll shoot it at a location. Like, okay, we'll, we'll, really? yeah, we'll take you? you to a the location. Like, okay. we won't. Yeah, we're not gonna. We'll blindfold everyone on the way there. That's right. We'll give them the truth. We'll give them the truth. We'll hold on that Men in Black thing and be like, yeah. "This was a weather balloon," and then uh, everyone will think that it was just a weather balloon. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. I mean, not that I'm generally afraid of people. I've just had a couple of weird experiences now. Well, it's hard. I think I, I definitely, I definitely think it's 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 harder if you're a, if you're a lady comic and yeah. you can kind of get some aggressive dudes yeah. who are like, "I want to make you my bride." Yeah, I saw you. 1992, and I've been thinking about this. <laughs> I just want some of your time. <laughs> I've had a boner for 15 years. <laughs> oh, and I don't even know. I mean, yeah, just, I think. I don't, and that was weird enough because I think I would never do that. Like, I, I would never go, I saw that guy. You know, he's playing concert violin on TV. <laughs> I just like the looks of him, the shape and the width. And I just, uh, I just feel like we might have something in common. I just want to just have an ear for just a couple of minutes of his time. Like, I, I would never do that. You know, if so I, I meet him, I know we're going to be BFFs. Yeah, I think I would never do I mean, have you ever done that? Have you ever met somebody who would go, oh, I saw them in some public situation, and now I'm going to go ask him for something? Or No, I don't... I don't, I don't think, think I've, I've done that. William Cat, the greatest American hero. <laughs> I did ask Emo Phillips for advice when I was 21, and he said, uh, "You just keep doing it, and then you keep doing it, and pretty soon a lot of people have seen you, and then more people have seen you, and then pretty soon a whole bunch of people have seen you." Right. And it's actually you, you know what? Actually, uh, the, like uh, right before I started doing comedy, I was at the Improv. I saw Brian Posehn do a set, and like I said, hey, I just want to say, like, I'm a really big fan. I think you're a great yeah, stand-up, yeah, and I really big nice. fan of Mr. Show. Then he talked to me for 45 minutes, giving me advice, like because he's like, I don't you know, know what think, You thinking about going into stand-up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, come on. I don't know who's in my house. This is our did first you, surprise guest. Oh. Did you bring all your friends? I might have. Uh, Someone's yeah. gonna be selling something. My about friends. Like, I'm recording a show. Yeah. Um, this is an awkward moment. Let's cover it by saying how awkward it is. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's just, not just be. Well, just be I'm not okay. Just be. Do we sing something to calm ourselves down? Do we crash into me? <laughs> and a one, and a two, and a three, and I've never heard the song really to know it. Uh, crash. Here, I'll yeah. just play it for everybody. 
I know that Whitney Houston song. Um, Can't clear that, man. Uh, what? No, it's fine. Dave and I have a long-standing agreement where I just give him lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I have that. I have five versions, six versions of it on my phone. You have six versions of Crash Into Me? So, let's acoustic, go. Acoustic? Acoustic I have, oh, sure. I love it. I, I do. Love... I love Dave Matthews' band. He's very kindly. That's a sweet song. That's a sweet song. Oh, they can hear it. I hope. I hope. Speak Wait, well, this is the first time we played it, so I know we applied for it. Wait, why? Do, are we going to be able to have this on our show? We're not advertising. Got I was totally just rude to my new neighbor. Oh, he's a young-looking guy, and I open the door, and I'm like, "Whatever this is, I'm recording a thing, so I don't have any time." Because we get a lot of solicitations. Like sure. people show up, and they're like, "You want magazine subscriptions?" And I'm like, "No." And then they make you feel like you don't want to help their youth group. Yes. Yeah. And then you always hear like, oh, it's a scam. Don't give it to them because they have to give that money to someone else who's like their Don. And he takes all the shit from them and then they punches them in the throat. So I was to- I totally was just super short to the guy. And then he was like, oh, I just moved to next door. And then, of course, I... And then that's when I got on a large penny-farthing bike to backpedal. Oh. <laughs> Turned out to be a very sweet guy. We just oh, uh, what did crash you do? into me while you were gone. Did you really? Well... Kind of. I've never left the podcast unattended before. How did it go for these two it, minutes? Not it went well. horrible. It was just it went real bad. Chris, we need you. Yeah, it turns right. out we need you. Good. That's, what That's what I need to hear. That's what I need to hear. That's what my alpha male needs to hear. Oh. Yeah. Hey, uh, this is my new one. No, this is just an open mic show I want to do in my neighborhood. Anybody interested? Do you know? Because I've tried to ask like a bunch of places. Will they let me do an open mic in my neighborhood? And I can. I was going to do the bowling alley. I'm hoping that I'm going to go there. Oh, because yeah, they got that stage at All Star Lanes. Okay. You saw Ben Folds there. I saw Ben Folds there when I first moved to uh, L.A. Uh, I saw him perform, and then uh, Weird Al came up on stage and sang a Ben Folds five song with him. One of oh the best gosh. moments of my life. That is a delightful uh, moment. A uh, song for the dumped. Yeah, it was great. Um, but like, that's a, that's a cool place. Is it cool? Uh, okay, maybe I'll do that. Okay. Uh, but then there's also Juanitas uh, down New York, towards more towards uh, Garbanzo. And I thought because they had such a high ceiling, like it might not be so good. Like it seems like a good Benford, Benford, I have a little experience with bowling centers. Uh, it's gonna be very loud. Okay. No, it's, people, a, it's a bar off the side. It's a bar off the side. It's like it. it has a wall. You have to walk through a door to get into. I'm listening. I'm listening. In an open bar, so people can have nice beverages. 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 And they got the. Is it still a Chinese restaurant attached to it, or did they change that again? I don't know. I haven't been there, but I got turned down by a couple places. I'm like, what? You don't want live comedy? What else did you try? The uh, coffee table lounge. I tried. Oh, I did not try the coffee table. Lounge. I don't think it's set up right for. I tried a coffee, a couple of coffee shops. I'll start. I'll start. Lanes is gonna be good. I think okay. that that'll be good. It's okay. a great. It's a great bowling alley too. And then in between comics, we have a sing along of popular tunes. Like I'll hand out the lyrics to some of our popular, t- you know, some slow dance, like lollipop, and yeah, uh, yeah. And then people do a <laughs> sing along. Mr. Sandman. Because <laughs> Jackie Cation likes to sing along, and I was trying to think of a way I could get her to co-host it. That's yeah, that'd fun. be great. Yeah. Maria Bamford's Sing Along Comedy Hour. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's actually, that sounds like a blast. Okay. All Star Lanes is also the name of my dad's bowling center. Memphis, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's information that's useful to know. When do we get your dad on the podcast? Oh. When do we go to bowling alley? My dad, <laughs> we'd have to go to Florida. He's, oh, okay. But you can't share it via the telephone? No, I like, I, it's, you know, to tell, like stuff over the telephone is weird. I know, yeah. I'm into this. Everyone second. tries to talk at once and you can't see their face so you don't know when they're going to start and then there's it's just a big clusterfuck. Yeah. So I can and see I already, get, I already get accused of interrupting people enough as it is. Ah, like, for instance, 
Uh, uh, Bamford, it has been wonderful having you, you so on. I'm yes. so glad. I'm sorry it didn't happen sooner. No, no. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Clink, clink, clink. Hugs for everyone. Hugs for everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the Outer Lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us in Pura. I promised to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pure. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery+. Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.